good only to do this once every two years or so. <laughs> I got a question for you to ponder just for a few seconds. Do crabs believe that fish fly? <laughs> anyway, that was, that was straight from my son, Nathan. So... <laughs> Uh, let's, let, let's turn in our Bibles to Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to start reading at verse 9. Romans 12, 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that was written by your, was inspired by your Holy Spirit to give us direction, to give us guidance. And so Lord, this morning as we, as we look at part of what you have said to us and said to your, your believers, let us, let us understand what you're saying to us this morning. And Lord, help, help me to be able to communicate what, what I believe you've given me. And, and uh, I just pray, Lord, your, your blessing on this morning and your word. In your name we pray, amen. In this passage, Paul gives us a lot of things here to do. He's, he's saying this, he's, he's given all these things. Be kindly affectionate to one another. Rejoice in hope. Rejoice with those that rejoice. Weep with those that weep. A lot of things that we can do. But he starts off this passage by saying, let love be without hypocrisy. And it reminds me a little bit of the passage he wrote to the Corinthians where he said, where, where we call the love chapter, you know, where he, you know, all these things that he says, what, what love looks like, but if you don't have love, it doesn't, doesn't profit if you anything. So let love be without hypocrisy. I've heard a lot of times people say, well, we need to show love to people. We need to show this. Well, we need to do more than just show it. We need to actually love them. We actually, it needs to be from the heart. How many know you can do the right things, but for the wrong reasons? You can do the right things, but still not change your heart. Or your heart still hasn't changed. You know, actions can be here today and gone tomorrow. Or they can be gone today and here, you can change your actions relatively quickly. You can, you can act like you are one thing that you're not. 
And I believe that, that God wants transformation more than he wants our works. Um, we can control our actions and deeds. We can control them. We can, by willpower, control what we do. It's a little tougher to control our want to. It's a little tougher. It takes a lot more time to, to actually want to. So what, what is it? We, we, make, we make thousands of decisions every day, you know, hundreds or thousands, whatever. Um, why do we do what we do? What, what drives us to make those decisions? What is it that motivates us? What motivates our motivation? Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. But anyway, what, what is it that drives what we do? And I believe, <clears throat> I believe that if you lift all the layers of motivation, motivation is so hard to figure out in ourselves even. Sometimes we don't even know why we do what we do. Um, but if we lift all the layers up, I believe what we'll find underneath all of that is what we really believe deep down inside. Um, and sometimes we're not always even sure what we believe because we say we believe one thing, but sometimes our actions say something different. So, so what, what I, I believe what God is after is he wants, he wants transformation. He wants us to be motivated I don't believe that God just wants our actions to reflect his heart. He wants our motivation to be, be the result of believing the truth. And, you know, motivation is really tough. I've said that already. But so many times we find ourselves judging other people's motives. And, you know, on a good day, I have trouble even discerning mine sometimes. And so how, how wrong, it's really easy to judge somebody else's motives, but... You know, we need to be really careful about saying somebody did something for that reason because it's, it's tough. <coughs> Motives can, can be fickle. They can change from one... They can, they can change, but our beliefs don't change. Or we can feel like our motives are fickle. But they're, they're all coming, I believe, from, a, from, a, from the deep down what we really believe. So how do we go about finding out what we really believe. You know, a lot of times our actions, we, we, we try to prove what we believe by our actions. And I think we need to have it, we need, we need to search out, okay, what do I really believe? Am I believing something that's not true? Um, you know, how, we know it's possible to believe a lie um, and, not, and not know it. So how do we go about finding out what we believe? And if we, if we find out, how do we go about changing it? You know, lies are a lot like darkness. Um, all you have to do to make it dark is to shut off the light. And all you have to do to make, make lies prevalent is to shut off truth. Um, I remember when I, when I was in high school, um, <clears throat> I was the photographer and back then you, you, you took, uh, you had 35 millimeter film that you had to develop. And so what film, I, I mean, my generation all knows what film is, but I guess the younger generation don't even know anymore, <laughs> but, uh, it's a film that it's exposed to a brief amount of light 
when you click the shutter of a camera, a little light goes in there and exposes the film, but it completely stays dark. It has to stay dark. And so when we would develop it, we had to have a dark room. So it was completely dark. And I remember um, first time when I went in the dark room, I could not believe how dark it was. Um, you could just, I mean, you couldn't see your hand, you know, right in front of your face. And it was just like, oh man, give me claustrophobia. And I couldn't imagine, you know, being in the dark like that. But really all we had to do to make a dark room is just to cut every, every place where light could come in. And it's amazing how, how little bit of light can, can ruin a film. Um, you had to seal up under the door. You had to, you know, every, every place where any light come in. That's all you have to do to make it dark. You just have to cut the light out. It'll be dark. If we would somehow cut everything off in here, um, it would get dark. It would be pitch black. And so truth is a lot like that. Truth is, is the light that shines in on darkness. And, and where does the darkness go? It just has to leave. When truth comes to a lie... Well, the lie has to leave. There's no, it cannot stay around if, if, there's, a, um, if there's truth. Um, so how do we know, how do we, how do we go about finding out if we are believing a lie? Um, I had an example I grew up kind of thinking that I was kind of boring and um, not very exciting. And <clears throat> in our mar- in our marriage, we uh, Tammy, you know, rec- well, not recently, but several years ago, she, it seemed like to me like she was on her phone every time we were together driving somewhere. She'd be on her phone, and uh, <laughs> and I started to take kind of issue with it. I you know, started to kind of react to it, not, not in a direct way, just like, hmm, you know, she, you know, and I let my mind kind of go, she probably thinks I'm uninteresting or boring or, uh, and so I'd be like, when she drives, well, I'm just going to be on my phone. I'm going to prove to her how rude it is. And when she talks to me, I'm going to take five minutes to answer. You know, <laughs> it was because of a belief I had that was controlling what I did. And, uh, so, anyway, more to that story, you know, we've been studying Danny Silk, and Danny's, he's always a big proponent of confronting the issue and, and letting other people know where, you know, how, how their actions are affecting you. So I told her about it, I, we talked about it, and she said, oh, I don't, I don't think, I don't believe that at all. I don't, I don't believe that you're, you know, because I was letting my mind think, she probably wishes she had somebody more interesting than me. She probably wishes, you know, that I was somebody like somebody else or something, and, um, so she consciously made a decision not to, to put her phone down. And, and, and so that meant tons to me. And now she could probably, she, she, she could be on her phone and I don't, it doesn't even bother me. Um, but that's because the belief changed, not because of the actions. It was the belief inside of me that changed, that I felt that she felt that way about me. And I, I don't, I'm not saying that I, I, conquered that lie for everybody. <laughs> but uh, another thing was that somebody just recently um, pointed out to me is that I tend not to look at people in the eye when I talk to them. And um, 
I thought about it before because at, at what point, you know, do you stare at somebody in the eye? How long <laughs> do you sit there and look at them? And then I start to get a little distracted and I think, now which eye am I looking at? <laughs> or I think, you know, they, they might be thinking I have something on my, in my, you know, whatever on my face or, and I lose what they're saying so I have to look away. <laughs> Now I just made it super awkward the next time you talk to me. <laughs> but anyway, I've thought about that. I said, I wonder if there's something I believe about myself or about other people that's causing that. Because I know what it's like to talk to somebody and they won't look at you. They'll talk, but they, they will not look at you. And uh, so I, I have to think about that a little bit more. But that's, that's a relatively new, new thing. <laughs> Our reactions, our reactions to our circumstances are clues to what we really believe. When we react to things, you know, that, that's, a, that's a real clue to what we really believe deep down. Um, another thing, another verse I like to read is Hebrews 4, and it speaks to... Um, talking about the intents of the heart. For the, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So, so the word of God is, is, is one way to, to, to bring out you know, what, what our intents are. I think a part of it has to do with are we... Are we unafraid enough to really confront what we really believe. Because we can learn things when we're young and it gets stuck in our minds. And when we get older, we realize that's, that's not true. But we don't quit believing it. It's still there. Until, until that lie is exposed, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to react from, from that belief. So we have to be willing to confront what we may believe. We can't shy away from, because I think, I think I'm, I'm sure, I, I know I have lots of beliefs that I don't really know are there that need to be exposed. And I believe all of us are that way. You know, if, if I'm walking by, a, <clears throat> if I'm walking and a baseball comes to me and I see it kind of out of the corner of my eye and I see it coming, and it's coming, you know, 90 mile an hour or whatever, I'm going to duck. My body is instantly going to duck because it believes that ball is going to hit. And then all of a sudden it hits a fence that's right there in front of you. And you, you kind of feel a little foolish and you look around and you wonder if anybody's seen you duck. But you really believed that ball was going to hit. Now, if you continue to do that and, you know, after a while you would begin to trust the fence is there. It's not, you're not going to get hit by a ball. The fence is kind of like the truth that you have to continually tell yourself. You know, we are, we are protected by God. We're, we're, we're his children. And so sometimes when things come at us, we instantly react. But that's why we have to continually tell us the truth of what God has said about us and what, he's, what he is that we, we don't need we begin to change our belief. The other thing about a lie, you know, have you ever seen those pictures where it's, it, you see one thing and then you look at the, you, 
they tell you that there's something else in that picture that you're not seeing. And you look at the inverse, and all of a sudden, it's, it's a completely different picture. It looks, there's something totally different. You, you didn't realize it was there before. A lie that is exposed to the truth is a little bit like that. All of a sudden, now you can't, you, you, see, you see the other picture. You didn't, it was there, but you didn't know it was there before. And so you can't, now you can't go back and unsee that. So when, when a truth comes and exposes a lie, if you're really searching for the truth, you're, you can't unsee the truth again. You, you know the, that's, that's, what's, that's why the lie has to go, is because you, you can't unsee the truth. Now you can b get distracted, you can, um, you can forget it, but if you're really looking for the truth, you're, you're gonna, the lie is gonna continually to be, be exposed. Just like if you were in a dark cave and you seen where you couldn't see anything and all of a sudden you've seen a little bit of light you know, and you wanna, get, you wanna escape the cave, you, you're gonna go towards that light because you know that's the way of, of escape. And you're gonna get to the source of that light. And so when we're, when we're, when we're in a lie and we're, we're looking for the truth, we're gonna go to the source of that truth, which is Jesus Christ himself. He's, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. One thing I'm not saying is we don't wait till we feel like it to do the right thing. Um, we, we do the right thing because it's the right thing. Sometimes it's not always clear what's right, but you know, and, and you know, we've probably all done this. We've done the right thing even though we don't feel like it, and eventually we realize the benefit of it, or we 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 change our actions and our motivations because we've done the right thing. But I don't think it's, it's, it's because the belief has changed. It's not because the actions just have produced. Um, I think it's because the belief, in doing the right thing, our belief has actually changed. Another thing about um, believing always involves faith. You know, if we could, if we could, someday we'll see clearly God's purpose, why he created us, or we'll see clear, more clearly. I'm not saying we don't see that now, but one day we'll see more clearly. Everything will be crystal clear why we're here, why we're on earth, what we're about, what God was thinking, what he was doing. But, but, but for now, it requires faith on our part to believe that. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he, he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I'd like us to think about, you know, diligently seeking the truth in our own lives. The truth of what we, what, what do we believe? What, what actually is what we really believe deep down? And let's, let's declare the truth over our lives. Let's be like the psalmist that says, um, okay, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting.
Let's think about why we do what we do. What is it that motivates us? Because I believe God wants, wants to change more than our actions. I think he wants to transform us from the inside out. And uh, he wants to work with us with our want-tos. You know, I can, I, I, can, I can do the right thing. I can love my enemies for a time. But to really, to really react, it takes, it takes a believing of the truth. To react the right way, um, it, takes, it takes us to know the truth and to actually believe it deep down. That's exactly right. The truth will set you free. That's all I got. Um, so I think Linda's going to take care of the prayer time. So I would encourage us to, um, to really just search our, allow God to search our heart. Sometimes, sometimes it takes other people to walk with us to really, you know, why do I act this way? We have to be willing to be honest and open and not be afraid of what we might find. When we dig underneath all those layers, what are we going to find? And sometimes we, we want to protect. But uh, let's, let's be fearless.